0: welcome back to our christmas cast podcast i'm your host natalia and we're in conversation with pastor jeremy hi pastor jeremy tell me how your time has been this december
1: hi nad good to be back hello everybody And um, I trust this month is going well for you. It's Christmas month and we can't help but be thinking about Christmas, planning it, budgeting for it and all that kind of thing. It's been a very interesting month as we spend our days thinking about 2024. At least that's what we should be doing. And looking back and reflecting on God's goodness. Back at CL, uh, most of you are familiar with Covenant Life. We have been doing the month of Thanksgiving. And every day we have these awesome testimonies that have been coming out, being released on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. And I personally have just been blessed so much by their testimonies. And uh, to see what God is doing in each life. Then we had the carol service back uh, last weekend. That was beautiful, just spending time singing all the familiar and uh, carols we are so affectionate with. We don't always get the chance to do all the carols, but that was good fun to just take the whole service to do carols. And uh, I think it was also a blessing because there's so much theology in good old carols. There's so much to be learned about Christ, his birth, about God, the salvation plan, and all the things that we should be thinking about theologically about Christmas and uh, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was good to go through some of those old carols and uh, revise and review some of them. As we think about the coming year as well, this month has been about the vision we have for 2024. And I'll be unpacking that in a whole set of New Year podcasts, and you'll see that coming out towards the end of this month as well as into next year as well. In these podcasts, we'll talk about how to reflect back on previous year, and the process of reflection that leads to healing. And then how to resolve for the coming year, how to resolve your heart and mind and soul and apply yourself to different areas of your life. And then how to renew your faith and strengthen your faith and, you know, have a resurgence of God's truth undergirding your whole life. And I'll be bringing out a very clear vision as to how I intend to lead my congregation and the members of my congregation into a personal life of devotion uh, where each one, each member, every single soul learns to worship on their own, study on their own, feed themselves and pray on their own. What does personal prayer look like? So this December has been all about that for me, Nat, and thank you so much for asking that question because my heart is full of the future and what is coming ahead. As we look at the times around us and the events around us, all of it is bang on time. We see the signs of the last times, we see prophecy coming about, and we want to be alert and be people of the day, as the scripture calls us, and not stumble as if we were in the night. So we want to be moving towards faith and renewal and resurgence of faith rather than taking it easy or acquiescing, avoiding, running from reality. This coming Sunday is also going to be an interesting topic. We're going to be focusing on the Kinsman Redeemer, K-I-N-S-M-A-N, Kinsman Redeemer. What it meant for Jesus to be our Kinsman Redeemer. And I'm going to leave the rest to the sermon itself, but don't miss that one. If you're not with us on Sunday morning, live or whatever, you should just definitely uh, listen to the podcast that follows with the sermon.
0: Yeah, and we'll have all the links to whatever content mentioned down in the description box. Uh, We'd love to hear what you're thinking. You can write to us at pscjeremy at gmail.com, or you can even comment if you're listening to this on YouTube or the podcast apps. So in context to the birth of Christ, what was the role played by Elizabeth, Zachariah, and also King Herod? Why were they placed in the story?
1: Okay, let's go back to the cost of Christmas, and I love Talking about these characters because they all play such a vital role, significantly pointing to the time of Jesus' birth, the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, like Simeon, who, you know, called on prophecy to identify Jesus as the coming Messiah when Mary and Joseph took Jesus into the temple on the eighth day. You remember that for circumcision? Yeah. So Herod is one of the key players. And what I want you to understand about the mention of Herod is not only that he met with the wise men and asked the wise men to come back to him on Jesus, he was mentioned there, but he plays a significant role in terms of the timestamp. Now, whenever people wrote records of history, they would always give it a time stamp, not in terms of numbers, but in terms of who were the collateral rulers, uh, the parallel rulers at the time. And you would then say, okay, during the time of Cyrus, during the time of Artaxerxes, during the time of this king or that king or this ruler or that ruler, get it? So here we have Augustus Caesar, who's ruling all of Rome. Parallel in the neighboring country of Syria, you have Quirinius, governor of Syria. And then you have here in Judea, Herod. So Herod was a king, but he was acting as governor under the general rulership of the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire used local leadership also, which is why Herod played a key role. Now Herod is subservient to Augustus Caesar and the Roman Empire, but he has personal ambition and agenda and vendetta against anyone who might steal his throne. So even though he is subservient and rules under the Roman Empire and is kind of reporting to them, he had his own little kingdom, and I think there's a sermon in that for everyone, but that's where he plays up. Another key thing would be his role in John the Baptist, because when John the Baptist was in the peak of his ministry, he went to Herod and nailed him with an allegation of, you know, sleeping with his brother's wife. This created a roller coaster of events within the Herod's court, and eventually, of course, the beheading of John the Baptist. So Herod has been a key player not just with the wise men, but also with John the Baptist and now again with Jesus. And that is why it is key that we consider headed. Number one is a timestamp. Number two, as a very real and present danger to Jesus, because he actually ordered the killing of all the firstborn. So needless to say, this man was a wicked man and came from a wicked family and posed a derailed threat to the Lord Jesus, his birth and his development. He was also threatened by his kingship because the wise men had come clearly and said that Jesus is born king. Nobody's born king, but Jesus is born king and that would be a real threat to him. Now let me take you to Zacharias and Elizabeth. Elizabeth was chosen to be the mother of John the Baptist, the only one to be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Zechariah was serving in the temple at that time. This adds to the timestamp because the temple had a chief leader, a priest, a chief priest, so for a period of time. And you would also kind of connect that to the timestamp saying that during this particular period of time, the chief priest also headed up the temple activity, the temple ministry. And there was a connection between the temple ministry and the Roman Empire. And you can go back to the Gospels for that. So, Zachariah was then serving in the temple of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron. Aaron, again, being a Levite or a priest unto God, and her name was Elizabeth. So, he marries Elizabeth. Both of them were well, you know, well aged, and this is why it was a miracle again. She was barren, she hadn't had any children by then, and when the time was right, John the Baptist was born. Now, while serving, As a priest before God, in his division on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. On one particular day, he was just set up for duty. And a lot of people were gathered around praying. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. That was not an everyday occurrence. And Zachariah was scared. He was filled with fear. And he could not believe this was happening. And the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zachariah, for your prayer has been heard. That means there was this life, there was this life of prayer, there was this yearning, longing to see the Messiah, to know him and for the word of the Lord, the promises of the Lord to come about. So the angel says to Zachariah, don't be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son and you shall name him John. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. And verse 15 says, of Luke chapter 1 says, for he will be great before the Lord. For he will be great before the Lord. Remember that John the Baptist is coming in the spirit and power of Elijah, right? And he must not drink strong wine. This was the Nazarite vow. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. That was John the Baptist's job. His his calling was to prepare the people of Israel for revival for the meeting of the Messiah. And Zacharias is listening to all of this and his heart is filled with anticipation and excitement. At the same time, it's unbelievable because he's an old guy. His wife is old and he's hearing words like he will go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Amazing as that sounds, he asks the question, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Very sounds very familiar, isn't it? But angel Gabriel then says to him, you're standing in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Then he says, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. Why? Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Incredible, absolutely incredible. I say that because the angel appeared to Mary the angel appeared to Elizabeth, but there was not the same situation with them. There was no doubt there. But because a chief priest was doubting, after praying, he was doubting. There was this almost punishment kind of penal act on God's part to shut him up until John the Baptist actually came. So he says, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. So now you have Zachariah, who's mute, and you got the angel having told him all the instructions and his name as well, that he would be called John. So Zachariah comes out of the temple and he can't say anything. He's not able to speak. He's mute and he's making signs to people and trying to help them understand that he is mute. And then you got Elizabeth in verse 24. Elizabeth conceives for five months she kept herself hidden and uh, saying, thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me and took away my reproach. So we have a very interesting situation when both were called on to ask what would the name be. Both of them, one not able to speak, both were able to say that his name would be John. Significant miraculous as well as timely play in the story of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is Zechariah and Elizabeth. Both really ardent followers of the law and looking for the Messiah and they we able to be part of this incredible story. Just find that faith has its limits. We can know so much. We can be in the ministry. We can be in the temple. We can be praying for the right thing. And when it actually happens, we don't have the faith to actually accept it. And sometimes the simple faith of Elizabeth and Mary stands taller and stronger than a spiritual giant like the chief priest himself. And uh, there's something to be learned about these key people because You can hardly imagine what it must have been like to live in those days, in those days, 2,000 years ago, and for something so huge to happen only to you, you know, that you just go into work one day and then there's an angel on the side of the altar. Are we prepared for that? Are we prepared for the miraculous, for the absolute amazing work of God in our life? And as I think about this month and the coming year, I want God to do amazing things, and we are living in a day and age where Jesus could come anytime, and His appearance is going to be dramatically different to all we have ever known in our life. Our prime minister and our president and our rulers and our chief ministers are all going to know and acknowledge Jesus for real. The world leaders are going to know and acknowledge and communicate with Christ for real. He's going to come, and everything that we once trusted in faith We are going to know in reality. So when we go back to these stories, we have to take away this one thing, that what they always believed in faith became reality for them. And what we have been waiting for and believing in faith will become a reality for us too soon. Will we meet that reality with faith? I think that's significant for us to consider. And as we go to the next podcast, I'm going to wrap this up with the three most important characters in the story of the Lord Jesus' birth, apart from Jesus himself, of course, and that is God, God Almighty. He's a key player from Genesis to Revelation. And then you have Joseph and Mary. So join me again next time when we talk about God, Joseph, and Mary.
0: If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, I want to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on your podcast apps and share this episode with someone who would be interested in it. And also feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see us cover. And we'll see you in the next podcast.